Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing Podcast. This audio was originally recorded as a video, which you can watch on YouTube at Divine Truth Sharing. God bless. Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing. I'm delighted you're here. In today's video, I'm going to be covering a topic that's a little challenging. It's the concept of judgment, or you might call it justice. As we've all discovered, having been on this planet for some time, there's a lot of pain and suffering here that's caused by choices people make in thought, word, and deed. And if you've been on the receiving end of some of that grief caused by someone else's unloving choices, you might be very curious to know if that person will ever learn the suffering that they caused. And the answer is yes, they will. And you've heard it said in the Bible, justice is mine, said the Lord. It's very important for all of us to understand that God's laws are perfect and they exact the right outcome in the right measure in the right time. And that might look very different to our eyes than it does to God's eyes because we don't have God's perspective. Keeping in mind that God is eternal and has an eternal perspective, we might be eager for justice to be served. And sometimes on planet Earth, it seems not to happen. In fact, perhaps often. I remember when I was in eighth grade, I had a beloved history teacher who used to say, crime pays. Now, I didn't really like hearing that. I don't think she particularly liked saying it, but she wanted us to understand that we needed to be intrinsically motivated or motivated on the inside to do the right thing for the right reason. Because if we weren't, we might be tempted by the ways of the world that actually do not infrequently reward sin and error. Just think of what happened during the 1980s, for example, with all of the junk bonds, and then later the um, scam that Bernie Madoff pulled off. Uh, yes, eventually some of those people went to jail, but the people who lost their money never really recouped, right? So, and we can wonder, was justice really served? Obviously, there's another side to this coin, and that is, well, what about our own sins and errors? How will those be handled? What does judgment look like? Well, I can tell you that it's very different from what we were taught in the Bible. The Bible says that there was a judgment day, that basically when people cross over into the world of spirit, they go into a state of dormancy, and they await the judgment day, and then everyone will rise up on that day and be judged and then either go to heaven or hell, and that's it. That's very harsh and nothing at all like what actually happens. As we've discussed in previous videos, there's no break at all in consciousness when you cross over, 
and you will go, perhaps most people do go to some kind of a lovely receiving area that's maybe a beautiful meadow with wildflowers or something similar like that, where you'll be greeted by loved ones um, and given an opportunity to realize that you have crossed into the world of spirit and that you won't be returning to your mortal body. And then once that realization hits you, shortly thereafter, you become aware gradually or perhaps rapidly of your soul condition and the relative harmony of your soul condition to that reception area. And then you'll know, well, am I going to go to a higher realm, stay approximately where I am right here, or do I need to sadly go someplace that's a little bit darker where I'm more fit at this point in time? For some people, as we're aware, there are some people who have committed extreme atrocities in their earth life. And they do go to a very dark place. And when they get there, they find themselves surrounded only by spirits of the same soul condition as their own. So they're nowhere near any kind of a spiritual awakening at that point. It could be a really long time before those people actually begin to know the consequences of the choices they made. And so their judgment, as it were, doesn't begin to happen immediately. But what does happen in a much deeper way than it ever did on earth is they do begin to reap what they have sown. As I've mentioned previously, here on earth, consequences are a little bit softened. And of course, the sun shines equally on the good and the wicked. And there are trees and beautiful blue sky and birds and flowers and meadows and lovely humans to uh, batter around if you want or whatever here on earth um, or be blessed by. But when those people, those souls cross into the world of spirit, they're stuck in an environment that perfectly suits all the choices that they've made. And if they've made these ugly, wicked, unloving choices, they are living in an ugly, wicked, unloving place. So finally, they are reaping what they've sown, even though they're still not really being judged because they're not coming to an awareness of what they did wrong, but they're experiencing the effects because the beauty is gone, the blessings are gone, the kindnesses are gone, the comforts are gone, and they do begin to realize, ugh. And what happens is they understand that that's what they deserve. They do understand that. They get that very quickly. They realize, oh, I must be in hell. I guess I got myself here. But what happens then is they're with other souls, again, to of a similar condition, and they start perpetrating these violences and these iniquities on each other. And it gets worse and worse. It's kind of a, a snowball effect. And it's torturous. 
keeping in mind God never punishes. This is not a punishment. These are choices that these souls have made. They're reaping what they've sown. And every single human has many, many opportunities during their earth experience to see a softened version of cause and effect, but enough that they could have made different choices. They have some kind of an awareness of the quality of the choices that they're making and the relative appropriateness of those. In other words, a bully knows they're being bullying. Someone who's dominating understands that they're using their power over someone lesser than themselves. They may think that that's perfectly okay, but they do understand that they're doing that. They don't have a mistaken impression that it's sunshine and flowers, for example. Eventually, what happens is their memories, which are perfectly restored when you cross over, even if you have Alzheimer's or dementia or something like that, when you cross into the world of spirit, Every single memory you've had of your earth life is perfectly restored. And it's restored in like living color, a 3D, 360 view. You not only understand and remember what you did, but eventually, gradually, you do get to see and understand and feel and experience on a very deep and intense level the um, consequences of the choices that you made on other beings and the ripple effect all the way out to the very end of each choice, as far out as that ripple effect goes. And this becomes torture. So you end up being tortured by your own memory. So it's not that God's sitting there in judgment and you don't even necessarily have what you call, a lot of times you hear people say a life review, there might be some of that, I think, in particular with near-death experiences, you get flashes of certain things that are momentous. But when you're in spirit and you're not coming back, you're basically there. You have eternity or the equivalent thereof for every single memory you've ever had to play through. Um, and so you're basically judged by your own memories. But because you're in this level of experience and locale which is very real and exists whether you're there or not it's not just something in your imagination that you create a lot of people assume that oh I created it myself your choices befit you for a particular location but that location is an existence and it does you know it's real um, so at any case uh, you come face to face with reaping what you have sown in a deeply intense way that you did not experience on earth. Um, this has kind of been brought home to me as I've come to understand these messages. I've, under, I've come to understand myself in a deeper way Many times I have been accused, especially as I was younger, of being too sensitive. And that was always very frustrating for me because I was what I was, just like everyone else. I, I couldn't really change it. You know, people did say, oh, you should have a tougher skin or toughen up. 
But I had a sense that that wasn't really a choice for me, number one. And number two, I also had a sense that as difficult and painful as it often was for me to experience so many things so deeply, I just had an intuitive sense that if I tried to truncate that in any way, I was somehow only going to just make things worse because I would be denying what I knew to be true on a deep level. Um, now what I have come to understand and what I do believe is true just strictly based on what I've read from the messages is that somehow one of my particular gifts that I came in with, and we all have gifts, um, was this gift of having a deeper understanding of the consequences of my choices than the average person. You and I have countless examples in our lifetimes of, you know, one person makes a choice that they think really and truly is no big deal. No harm, no foul, they think. But another person would look at the same choice and they'd think, no, I... I actually think that that choice does have negative consequences. For whatever reason, one person is seeing it and the other person is not. Um, God loves diversity, as I've said before, and each soul is created unique. And so we're all going to have different awarenesses of different things and a, a keener sense of this or that or the other thing that's somewhat different than the next person. But what I'm trying to impress on you is if you're a person who came in with a bit of a thicker skin, maybe go into prayer at some point and do some contemplation and ask God to reveal to you, has there ever been a time when someone gave me feedback based on uh, something I said or did or didn't say or didn't do, where they were trying to express to me in some way, shape, or form that I caused them grief or pain or harm or sadness, but I didn't think it was any big deal. So if I look back at my life and I see something like that, my suggestion to you at this point would be examine that and maybe take their word for it and try to become more sensitive. So rather than me trying to become less sensitive, I recommend that others try to become more sensitive because we understand quite clearly from the messages, Jesus tells us that our experience is intensified on the other side. It's already numbed here and dumbed down enough as it is. So if you can try to become more aware and more sensitive, you're going to be better off because we also know from the messages that it's much, much easier to expiate from our errors and our sins here on this side than it is on the other side. And the word expiate, it, it means basically like purging of your sins or cleansing of your sins. And how does that happen? It happens when you become aware of them you have an understanding, you experience a genuine feeling of regret or remorse, you choose to repent. So in other words, you say to yourself, I now see what 
I did in a different way than I saw it before and I now choose to make a different choice from here going forward. It's that simple. That's expiation. And we can do that here on earth and it's much, much easier to do it here for many reasons. One, because again, it's a lovely, lovely earth place here than the darker realms, right? Um, but also we just have so much help here. We have help with each other and uh, this is a place where we're intermingled with people much higher than ourselves, souls much higher than ourselves, and we don't get that on the other side. So uh, I just want to encourage everyone to, you don't have to wait. You can go into prayer and ask God to bring to your awareness important memories that are going to help you begin to undergo your own sense of justice and awakening awareness here on earth. And in the pageant messages, this is called the law of compensation. And through the exercise of this law, we progress in our soul development. Now, so far, everything that I've talked about has been describing the experience of the natural love. So this is the default experience, and it's the experience of virtually everyone on earth because very few people have prayed to God in the depths of their soul for his love, and therefore very few people have received God's divine love. But you can, and you can begin to do that right now simply by asking in earnestness for God's love to come into your soul. There's nothing complicated about it. But having said that, it does take concerted and prolonged and projected and consistent and persistent effort. It happens over time. It's a relationship that is developed through your consistent and continued and genuine longing. So it's not a magic wand that gets waved. And I want to point out at this point to people who have been traumatized, if someone has perpetrated a terrible crime against you, you may listen to me saying that you can get divine love in your soul and you can be freed from your sins in a much faster way than going through this torturous expiation process. And you can, because what happens is, as God's love comes into your soul, you are transformed. It's completely different from the natural love process. The natural love process is you drop these encrustations of sin and error. The divine love process is the love of God pours into you and it completely transforms you. So you are relieved from those aspects of your soul that were inclined to sin and error in the first place. They, they somewhat, they evaporate, they're, they're replaced by the love of God. So hearing that might not make some people who have been traumatized happy because they may feel that they would really like the perpetrator of the crimes against them to really experience that. Well, it's understandable 
Uh, the only thing I can tell you about that is God does love everyone and doesn't want anyone to suffer, and that's a fact. But, again, the free will choices are our own, and when people are making those choices, that is where they are. And chances are those people are not going to find the divine love path in a hurry. They may find it eventually. So, for example, Nero and Caligula and Caesar and some of these very powerful humans who abuse their power they did eventually make it to the kingdom of God, and they eventually did become divine love angels, but they were probably suffering for a thousand or more years before that. So um, God takes care of all of that. We like to say it all comes out in the wash, or a lot of people say, you know, what goes around comes around, and that's true. Um, but we all just need to be aware it's not only your words and deeds, but it's also your thoughts, because every single thought is its own creative force, and it gets sent out into the fabric of the universe, and it does create. So every single thought will create the distance and the, uh, the ripple effect according to the power behind it. So if you have, oh, just a very light but not very kind thought, but it's weak, it might not travel far and it will peter out quickly and die because you don't have a lot of uh, emotional force behind it. But if, on the other hand, you have hatred and anger and bitterness and vengeance and all of these explosive and ugly emotions just boiling in you, what happens is it creates a vortex of energy that begins to suck in all the darkness that's around you. And it magnifies what you already have. Because again, we've got a lot of ugly spirits around us all the time because the earth sphere is not very bright, right? Um, so we're not, <laughs> we don't have a lot of divine love angels around us. You're only going to get those if you pray. So when you're in that kind of a state, your soul is in grave danger at that moment, even if you're not speaking or taking any action at all. You could just be seated in a chair with your eyes closed, but experiencing hatred, bitterness, anger, rage, vengeance, uh, you know, all these ugly things. And as you're doing that, you're attracting to yourself uh, spirits who are on the other side who share that vibration and they're magnifying it. And then if you get very creative with all of this ugly, ugly energy that you have and you begin to scheme in your mind what horrible, wicked, awful thing could happen to somebody that you hate. There are people that do this. I know really pretty decent, regular people, even close friends of mine who have spent a lot of emotional energy scheming in their mind ugly, torturous things to happen to people that they feel have wronged them or they hate or whatever. And they think that it's safe. They don't think anything of it because it's only in their mind, but they don't realize that that's not true because consciousness is 
the essence of all that is. All that is is created strictly through consciousness and the power behind that consciousness is always emotional power or that's the best we can describe it here on earth. So for example, the power behind God's creation, all of God's creation, is a love deeper than we could ever possibly imagine. But the power behind all sin and error is ugly. So I need to caution everyone about this creation, this creative aspect. If you think it, especially with tremendous emotional force behind your thought, you're putting it out there and it's causing harm. So it's important to know that. Um, that is laying the groundwork for what's going to be attracted into your experience while you're here on earth to a lesser degree. Again, remember, we're protected here to a degree. But to a much greater degree when you cross over, you'll find out, uh-oh, I had no idea. Look at all those ripples. What was caused by that? And we don't know. And I can't tell you because the messages actually don't talk about that. But we do know that thoughts are as important as words and deeds. So please keep that in mind. So the reaping what we've sown here on earth is imperfect and subdued. But when we cross into the world of spirit, though it may take a thousand years or even more, the equivalent thereof on the other side, and I guess time doesn't really exist on the other side, so even if you're for, in hell for a moment, it feels like eternity. So you don't want to do that to yourself. But um, however long it may take, eventually every single sin and error will be expiated and you will feel the experience of it to the last farthing is what Jesus said on the natural love path. Now that's the law of compensation. The higher law is the law of divine love. And so if we can get to a state in our soul development where we are willing to open up our souls and be humble before God, be humble before our Creator, drop our ego, allow ourselves to come to the essence of ourself, which is a child, a child of God, a child of a Creator, not ourselves, and say, I now realize that I was stuck in my own thoughts and in what I could control and make happen here on earth. And I now realize that that was foolish when I have at my ready availability the wisdom that created everything that is. And now I come to you, sweet God, in prayer, and I humbly beseech thee to please teach me as a loving parent would teach a child. And I really want this for everyone. This is why I'm so passionate about getting these videos done, is God doesn't want anyone to suffer, and neither do I. And... Uh, if you can start this process here on earth, you're going to be so far advanced. 
And also, I just want to let you know, too, that we can kind of get carried away with it. Um, there are some people that get very wrapped up in this, thinking that they have to expiate every sin here. No, no, no. Um, that's not the way it works. The law of divine love is higher than the expiation law. You actually don't. You don't have to go through all of that. You can just ask God for his love and his love will come in and gradually transform you. And the memory of these sins will leave you. And therefore, when the memory is gone, there is nothing for the law of compensation to act against. And you can indeed receive the salvation of God's divine love without going through the torturous suffering. Now, I do believe we all do come to an awareness and an understanding of the cause and effect because that's important for our, our development. We do need to understand what it means, what did I sow, and, and why is that perhaps erroneous or sinful. Um, but you don't have to go deep into the suffering. So I can give you an example from my own life. And I was, you know, expiating from some things I, sins I had, I didn't even know I had, I inadvertently caused a, someone very, very close to me a tremendous amount of pain and grief. And I had no idea I had done it. And then when I got this awareness of it, I, I fell like into a dark hole of grief and suffering to the point where I actually broke out in a rash, <laughs> uh, like sores all over my body because I was suffering so much. But because I also continued to pray, it was revealed to me in my prayers that God didn't want that. And I had taken it, I had taken what was meant to be um, a dawning awareness and I had turned it into uh, a big club and started bludgeoning myself with it. And that was just as sinful because I'm just as much of a child of God as the loved one that I inadvertently hurt. So turning the weapon on myself was actually no better. Um, and once I realized that, then this is where we come to an understanding of what is the grace and mercy and compassion and peace of God. Because suddenly once I realized that it was no better for me to hurt myself or kick myself or whatever you want to call it than it was for me to hurt or kick someone else, God's love had given me that awareness. God's love continued to flood into my soul and the memories of the uh, pain and suffering both that which I had caused myself and that which I had inadvertently caused a loved one just evaporated and pretty rapidly too. And that's the other thing that makes me so passionate about sharing all of these truths with you. God is so loving and so merciful and so compassionate and so wonderful that really it may sound like magic and too good to be true that all you have to do is pray for God's love and, and you can go to heaven. <laughs> but really, that's, that's the truth. And heaven can begin for you right here and now. So whether we begin this process of experiencing judgment, 
or justice or the law of compensation in the here or the hereafter, it will continue to a lesser or a greater degree and a shorter or a longer period of time until we are either completely transformed into a divine being who is befit to dwell in the kingdom of God or until we become a perfect spirit, perfectly created, just as were the first humans with no sin and no error. And that's how Jesus came in to earth. When he was born, he was born that way. Um, so, and either way, and then you'll be living in a paradise beyond your wildest dreams. Beyond, I mean, so for example, as far as I can tell, either the second sphere or the third sphere, somewhere in there, but certainly by the fifth, you're in a heaven beyond your wildest dreams. And that's nowhere near the seventh sphere, which is the one that is the point of demarcation between the spirit realm and the kingdom of God. We can't even imagine heaven. We can't even imagine it. So this is the compassion of God. Everyone will eventually get to a wonderful place, whether it's the kingdom of God as a divine love angel, or it's the sixth sphere where you top out in a paradise beyond your wildest dreams. You will get there, but it won't happen until you are completely expiated of every sin and error or fully transformed. And this is, uh, can be likened to the journey from ego to essence, or from the mind to the heart, as it were, or from the uh, animal aspect of your nature to the soul aspect of your nature, the spirit aspect of your nature, which is your true essence. And if you're not a self-aware person, you blocked out a lot, welcome to planet Earth. You're completely normal. Uh, but if that is the case, I strongly urge you to go deeply into prayer regularly and begin to invite God to come into your soul to transform you, that you may have a spiritual awakening and begin this process in the here and now. And in so doing, you will ease your transition into the world of spirit immeasurably more than you can possibly imagine. So that when you finally do cross over into the world of spirit, you truly are going to a beautiful place where there is nobody who's going to hurt you or lie to you or in any way do anything that is out of harmony with God's perfect love. And that's where we all want to dwell when we cross over. Just want to bring up one final point and that is we, with the exception of Jesus, who did come in perfect, we have all experienced more than our own share of suffering from the sins and transgressions of those who came before us. It's an unfortunate consequence, this ripple effect when the first humans came in, they came in perfectly pure and they were given a choice to obey God 
and be transformed into his divine essence or to go their own way. And they chose to go their own way. And very rapidly, they tumbled into sin and error. And then after that, sin and error has snowballed and been compounded generation after generation. Now, fortunately, as awful as it can get here, there are still only so many horrible crimes that can be committed, and they all have been, but they only get so bad and no worse. And so as much as we're no better than people were, you know, 10,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago, there's still torture, rape, murder, you know, thievery, everything you can think of that's ugly. Um, there isn't anything new either. It's still all the same garbage. But we come in with some of these incrustations. So if our parents are filled with sin and error, it's probably because their parents were filled with sin and error and so on and so forth. So there are, you know, bright spots here and there of generations of families who have sort of found the love of God and they're very fortunate and they're brighter. And that's why as we intermingle amongst each other here on earth, you can sort of see, oh, that one's a little happier and this one's a little sadder and that one's a little more gentle and that one's a little madder. And if we are on the sadder matter spectrum, we might look at the happier, you know, uh, lighter and we might start sending daggerous, ugly thoughts their way. Well, guess what that's doing? That's keeping us locked down into where we are. So what we want to do is we want to open our awareness and we want to maybe say, be gentle to ourselves and say, that hurts. It hurts. The, the light of that person hurts. I see their joy. I see their happiness. I, I, I see their contentment. I don't understand it. I don't have any of that. I'm in pain. I'm in grief. I'm in agony. I'm in suffering. And it hurts me to see them so happy because I'm so sad. It's okay. Acknowledge that. It hurts. It hurts. It does hurt. And that's why God's not punishing us when he divvies us up. He's putting us where we're comfortable. A person who's deep in darkness, they're going to be miserable in the light. They're going to be blinded by it, for one thing. And it's going to hurt. If you've ever been, you know, like the miners stuck in caves, uh, when they come out, they blindfold them because if they saw the light of day too quickly, it, it would hurt. So um, when we start to have this dawning awareness of the disparity between our darkness and someone else's light, I suggest that we do it with compassion and love for ourselves and say, you're right, it does hurt. I, I can't stand to be around that person. Their good cheer just gets under my skin and makes me so miserable. But then go away in your, your prayer closet, in your dark space, in your quiet space, and you say, God, I'm in so much pain. Just the thought of that person's bright smile hurts me. Help. And you will be amazed at how quickly the love of God gently pours into your experience and offers you comfort. And a little at a time, I'm not going to say it's going to happen right away. It's not a switch that gets flicked. But a little at a time, maybe the next time you see that person with that bright smile, it might not hurt quite so much. And you go, oh. Yeah, it, it's irritating, 
but it doesn't hurt as much as it did last time. So we're making progress. Um, so anyway, I just kind of want to leave you with that. But um, this is basically what we know from the messages about judgment, about justice. I hope it's been helpful. So with that, I'll see you next time. And remember, you are deeply, truly loved. God bless.